0: We are at the midpoint of the season already. I feel like this is absolutely flying by. It was months and months of work to just fly through each episode. But yes, welcome back to episode five of Sustainably Influenced. Today, I'm talking about beauty. I'm very excited and I don't want to give too much away, but next season, we're going to have a lot more beauty. So if you are interested in a bit more fashion and beauty stuff, make sure that you are subscribed for next season. This episode uncovers how clean and natural beauty is being enhanced through blockchain applications and how we're sort of using newer, more advanced innovations in the agricultural space to facilitate that. I'm joined today by the founder of a newer beauty brand called Ulay. You will have seen them all over TikTok, Instagram. Um, Lindsay Aspitat is going to be joining me later on in this episode. But first, let's give a little bit of history as to how the beauty industry has changed over the past couple of years. In recent years, we've seen that the beauty industry has really embraced technology as a really powerful tool for enhancing sustainability, from reducing waste in packaging through 3D printing or formulating products using AI, which is wild, but I think it's absolutely incredible what an innovation to make. By doing this AI, kind of creating the products and formulating them, It allows them to optimise resource use. Technology is really revolutionising the way that cosmetics and skincare are produced. So furthermore, apps and augmented reality or AR versus AI um, solutions are helping consumers make informed choices by allowing them to virtually try out products before purchase. Reducing the need for physical samples, big win, and minimising environmental impact, another big win. Additionally, blockchain technology is being utilized to provide transparency in the sourcing of ingredients, ensuring the ethical and sustainable origins of beauty products. These innovations showcase how the beauty industry is harnessing technology not only to enhance product performance, but also to reduce its environmental footprint, aligning with the broader sustainability movement. Just as technology is transforming the beauty industry by promoting sustainable practices, it also provides and plays a really crucial role in sustainable agriculture. Now, if you're a long-term listener, you'll know that back in the old days when it was Charlotte and I, there couldn't be a season that went by where we didn't talk about A, laundry, but B, agriculture and farming because that's just who we are. So <laughs> uh, this one, this I feel like this episode's for Charlotte because we had to talk about farming at some point again this season. But it's amazing how all of these different industries are so interlinked and you would never think it when you're just buying your beauty product. You go into... Boots, Sephora, wherever you shop, even if you're shopping online, you're just clicking and buying. You're not thinking about where the products are coming from. From precision farming powered by AI to blockchain driven supply chain transparency, technology is driving efficiency and responsible resource management in agriculture, ensuring that sustainable practices are at the forefront of food production and environmental preservation. When we think of sustainable agriculture, one term often comes to mind And it's probably something that you're hearing a lot more about over the past sort of year. I first came across it about three years ago when we were speaking to Hillman Hoy and we were talking about regenerative farming and it just keeps cropping up and it's becoming more and more prolific and it's becoming more and more of a talking point. And I'm seeing it across every publication now. And I think regenerative farming is a really interesting area to speak about. It's a holistic approach to farming. Um, That prioritises the health of the land and that's what I think we all need to be doing because we're over consuming at an alarming rate. Practices like crop rotation, cover cropping and minimal tillage are employed to restore soil health and biodiversity. And regenerative farming is a stark departure from conventional agriculture. It focuses on getting more out of your crops, not just in terms of the quantity, but also in the quality of the type of product that you're producing. By nurturing the soil and respecting the natural rhythms of ecosystems, regenerative farming not only enhances the natural beauty of landscapes, but also promotes ecological harmony. Now, I think I get really excited when we're talking about farming because... If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I like to call myself an avid farmer. I grew six tomatoes this summer and essentially that's me. I'm a farmer now. Um, <laughs> so, yes, please excuse me. I'm not completely delusional, but I just like to make the joke because I feel like that I've maxed out at life now. This year I want to grow courgettes and potatoes and I want to grow some peppers. But I did strawberries and tomatoes this year. And considering we didn't have the best summer, but September was incredibly hot, it actually increased my I want to say crop in inverted commas, by quite a significant amount. So I think it went from six tomatoes to 12. So I'm really happy with that for my investment. I can't feed the family on it, but it can feed me at least. Another innovative approach to sustainable agriculture is vertical farming. And this is another thing that we're probably hearing a lot more about. It seems really futuristic, but the concept involves growing crops in stacked layers, often indoors or in a controlled environment, meaning that you can really ensure the efficacy of how things are being watered and monitor for sort of bugs or any other little creepy crawlies that might cause harm to your plants. It's a really, really space-efficient method of growing and it can be implemented in urban areas. So it's reducing the need for expensive and expansive farmlands. Vertical farming offers a whole host of advantages and I'm desperately looking at getting a kind of not a vertical farming tower for my garden but just something that I can put up on the fence that is stackable and I can grow in the little slots that they provide with the actual grower that kind of it's like a trellis but it goes up on the wall and it has like little individual pots so everything into links it's very cool I can't remember the name but I will share a link in the show notes if I remember. So growing ingredients in a controlled environment ensures that the quality and consistency of the produce remain the same throughout the year, which is what I was saying before. Its reliability is especially appealing to consumers and chefs who demand top, like top-notch creme de la creme ingredients for culinary and aesthetic purposes. However, like agricultural practice, vertical farming has its drawbacks. One significant concern is the reduction in biodiversity. Unlike traditional farming, where diverse ecosystems exist alongside crops, vertical farming's controlled environment limits the variety of plant and animal species. But it's essential to recognise that the sustainable agriculture landscape is not a one-size-fits-all solution. Each method, whether it be regenerative or vertical farming, offers unique benefits and challenges. The key is to kind of strike that balance, utilising the strengths of each to enhance natural beauty whilst nourishing our planet. Now, I really want to get into the beauty segment of this episode. So we are speaking to Lindsay Aspitart, who is the founder of ULEI. Ulay is the vision of a long-time beauty industry expert, Lindsay. Um, After more than 20 years in the industry, where she was responsible for all of Shiseido Group's prestige skincare brands in Europe, she was inspired to create a skincare brand that aligned with her own values and the values of the emerging beauty consumer. She shared their passion for products that took a more conscious approach to nature while still delivering high-performance results beyond our expectations. It was essential that the creation of her vision follow an entrepreneurial path while leaning on the Shiseido group for their extensive knowledge on R&D and product performance. After persistently and passionately pitching her concept to the CEO of the group, who positively challenged her and resonated with her pursuit of continuous innovation in the industry, she was finally given the green light to make her vision a reality. So she assembled a team of cosmetic experts and forward-thinking innovators who shared her desire to move the beauty industry positively forward. Let's chat with Lindsay. Lindsay. Lindsay, thank you so, so much for joining me. I'm really excited to speak to you. This episode is all about sustainable agriculture, and I want to really deep dive into how natural beauty is being enhanced by sustainable agriculture and the innovations in that area. So let's get into this first question. Sustainable agriculture, as I said, plays such a vital role in the beauty industry's shift towards natural beauty and more eco-friendly products. How are sort of technical advancements reshaping sustainable farming practices and how do these practices directly contribute to the creation of natural ingredients for beauty brands? Well, I think that actually there's when you look at
1: sustainable agriculture, there's two directions that they're heading in. First of all, one is actually going more towards very traditional ways of farming. Like regenerative farming, which is basically crop rotation, which I'm sure you know about, and really just like taking care of the land, the soil, so that soil stays rich and you're going to get more out of your crops, right? And it's obviously better for biodiversity. That's one way, and there are a lot of actually natural brands doing that more and more for their ingredient sourcing. And then there's a whole, on the flip side, there's this kind of high-tech agricultural going on, which is farming, which is what I what we call vertical farming. And that is basically nature in a lab, grown in a lab. And that sound, the way I'm saying it sounds horrible, actually, but the idea comes from, obviously, the, more the food industry. And the idea is basically that there's less and less land to feed the population across the world, right? So the idea is, how can we bring basically crop growth closer to where, number one, closer to where people live? And how can we get an abundant supply of that, right? And that's that's kind of where it started. So when I started my project, I was instantly thinking about, I instantly thought about vertical farming, because it was a way for me to produce a lot of ingredients locally that normally come from across the other side of the world. So I think that there's a huge sourcing industry problem with our industry, right? First of all, because It's hard today to get all the ingredients you want because there's so much going on with the environment, as we all know. (laughs) And so you can't really depend on perfect seasons as much as you could in the past. So people, companies aren't able to source as much as they were or to count on the quality of the ingredients that were getting the plants that they were getting their uh, formulas. That's the first thing. And I also saw something that I had an issue with, which is sourcing ingredients across the world, bringing shipping them basically back to where you're formulating, to then ship it out again to sell the products. That was a very lengthy answer to your question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fine. We like lengthy answers on Sustainably foods. I really enjoyed what you were saying there. And I know you said it, it's quite funny that when you talk about vertical farming, it sounds quite almost a bit scary. Um, yeah, it's a bit scary. It sounds almost like it's um, sci-fi or something like that. It sounds like the genetically modified foods or things like that from the 90s and the early 2000s that we spoke about. But it's not that. And I think we're coming away from it in such a magnificent way that I think there's going to be great leaps and bounds made in terms of progress over the next sort of five to 10 years. Because regenerative farming seems to be a buzzword at the moment. But I think vertical farming is where we're all heading to. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about transparency with you because I think transparency is a, another big buzzword across many industries, but more specifically, beauty. In this context of sort of like natural and sustainable beauty, How does technology such as AI, blockchain, or even these traceability platforms that are now being implemented, enhance that traceability and transparency of ingredients, which then sort of, I want to say, ensures customers that the products that they're using are actually sourced ethically and sustainably? Because I think that's a huge problem for people. Well, I think before talking about technology,
1: even though that's the heart of your question, but I think it's, it's just also... There's a lot you can do without tapping into huge amounts of technology just to be more transparent. I mean, in the first place, you can basically just contact your suppliers and ask them to give you enough information about where your ingredients come from. And it just takes basically taking that information and putting it on your website. And I think that so the first thing is just utilizing the information you have. And putting it out there, right, so that people can discover, consumers can discover what your products are really about, where the ingredients are sourced. So you don't necessarily need technology, per se, to do it. But it's true that there are lots of technologies coming out right now, like blockchain you were mentioning, which is basically literally step by step. It's coding into each step of the supply chain where the product is coming from so that you can actually trace it back and have that guarantee, of where that product is coming from and when it was basically produced I mean everything about it i'm not even doing blockchain because i think that's that's an extreme i mean it's you don't necessarily need to do blockchain but what i'm doing personally with vertical farming is that vertical farming basically enables you to follow from the literally the seed of your plant all the way to the moment where it's in your product to be able to follow everything trace everything from a to z so that's an example of how technology, even just through the way your ingredients are grown, can be utilized for transparency. Then, of course, there are app applications like we're working now actually through a startup program with Shiseido. We, we decided to work with a company called Provenance, And that's really interesting. It's a third party, basically, application that checks everything you're saying about your brand in terms of certifications like, oh, we're vegan or we are produce locally or whatever you're saying about your brand. And they will actually go through all the documentation and say, yes, what they're saying is true. And I think that's really important for the end consumer because it's easier to trust somebody else, a third party, than of course the brand who's speaking about themselves.
0: I definitely agree with you. I think it's having these platforms makes it so much easier for the consumer to then trust what a brand is saying. Because I think at the end game is always, how do you get people to buy your product? It's trust. They have to have that trust in what it is that you're selling to them. And especially now with the rise of sustainable, ethical, responsible, clean, vegan, beauty, all these different words that we use to describe beauty products, you need to have that element of transparency that then translates into that trust, which ensures that a consumer is going to then spend their money with you because that's how you know what people really want, isn't it? So you mentioned Shiseido, who you worked at previously before starting Ulay, and I really want to talk about the brand because I'm quite excited. I've got some products to try. I'm very, very excited to try those out. So Ulay has made significant strides in merging technological innovation with sustainability. And I would really like to know some of the insights into your unique technological advances in how you're sourcing those sort of sustainable ingredients and how these advancements align with the brand's commitment to promoting that natural beauty products and I guess gaining that trust.
1: Right, I think from the beginning, obviously I knew I wanted to develop products with natural ingredients. Clearly, I was, I think this, I was influenced by what was happening over COVID. This is not a COVID brand, but I did happen to be developing a lot of it. The early, early stages of um, the product development were during the lockdown. And I just remember seeing the power basically of nature, just taking over all the major cities, which was wonderful to see and how basically environment was better off without us, to be honest. (laughs) And so it just got me thinking that it, it just made sense for me right from that point to be like, to formulate with natural ingredients. And I also believe that We are part of nature, obviously. So what else would you want to put on your skin? Not that I'm against synthetic ingredients.
0: It just happens to be that that's where I wanted to take these products. But I think that that's really valid to say as well, because so many brands will say that they're 100% or 99% organic or clean or responsibly sourced, but fail to admit to the fact that they do have to sometimes use synthetics. Because you have to sometimes for the compound for it to work. So I think there's a place for them, but when they're created in the right way.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so when I started actually looking more into natural ingredients, because in all my past experiences, I was working more with brands or for brands that were basically using more synthetic than natural ingredients. I really got to understand, I would say what was great about natural ingredients, but also what I was seeing as an issue in terms of the impact that you could potentially have using natural ingredients. And that was, of course, everything that took, you know, took into account the idea of sourcing from across the world and there, are, you know, yes, there are great ingredients in Europe, yes, there are great ingredients in France, but if I want to use an ingredient from India, how can I do that without literally shipping it, you know, buying it from across the world and having it shipped over here where I'm going to develop all the products. So that was the first question I was asking myself when I first started. And the other thing, and this is more about quality control, but when you purchase natural ingredients, let's say from a third party from a supplier, you don't necessarily know what kind of quality you're gonna get because you're not there, you're not seeing it, and it depends on the season. So I really saw technology and vertical farming as a way to create something that is extremely actually being done under a controlled environment. So that's guaranteeing a certain level of and consistency in terms of quality. I mean, so that's the first thing I saw with natural ingredients was just that it it's not necessarily that sustainable. And the other issue I had sometime I had at the time was sourcing natural ingredients. And by the way, we do also use natural ingredients that do not come from vertical farming. So, you know, we use cider, for example, from the north of France. And there are many different ingredients that we use that are also just coming from local farms. But the issue also for me is we have less and less arable land, right? Land that we can use for food, for things that essentially are more vital to The survival than cosmetics, even though I really believe that cosmetics have an important role to play in everybody's lives, of course. But so I was thinking to myself, do I want to contribute to the idea of just using mass production for cosmetics and taking up all that space that maybe should be used for things that are more important, like health? or, you know, eating. So that's another reason why I went to vertical farming as a solution, because it's a way to, you, you use very little space basically to get all the plants that you need uh, for your formulas.
0: I think that's incredible. I'm so glad that you've said that because I think my mind was that it was all vertical farming with other ingredients, but then are not thinking that some things can't be grown in that way. So they need the natural environment in order to grow at the best quality and the best uh, volume for the crop. So I'm glad that you've mentioned that because I think for me, I was just... So focus on the vertical aspect of it, but we'll never lose traditional agriculture and traditional farming methods.
1: To- no, and I don't think we should. And I don't think we should. And I think it's also important to support also local agricultural practices. And it's important. I mean, tradition should still be, I think, in everything that you do, right? So it's, it's always about combining the two. It's, you know, what's good about what we're currently doing, what we've done in the past and how can we combine that with technology in the future?
0: We're all on a journey towards a greener future, making conscious choices about the products we buy. Have you ever wondered about the origins of the jewellery you wear? Well, wonder no more. Ernest Jones, Britain's favourite high street jeweller, is launching an exclusive new collection called Origin by Ernest Jones. This dazzling collection features 28 diamond rings, from classic solitaires to contemporary halo designs. But what sets it apart is the transparency it offers. Every diamond in the collection is fully traceable, responsibly sourced, and handcrafted in recycled platinum or gold. How do they do it? With cutting-edge blockchain technology, you can now trace your diamond's unique journey from the depths of the earth to your finger. The blockchain records every step, including design, sourcing, cutting, and assessing, giving you a digital passport for your diamond. Ernest Jones is a proud member of the World Diamond Council and the Responsible Jewellery Council. They've partnered with trusted suppliers to ensure their diamonds are conflict-free, responsibly sourced, and come from ethical mines that prioritise the well-being of miners and the environment. And guess what? Ernest Jones is the first UK retailer to bring this fully traceable blockchain-powered collection to their high street stores. So join us in leading the way to a more sustainable future with Origin by Ernest Jones. Let's make a difference, one diamond at a time. Shop the collection now, in-store or online at ernestjones.co.uk. The demand for sustainable beauty products, as I said before, is definitely on the rise. I think over COVID, there was something on like a 19% year-on-year sort of search on Google about sustainable fashion and sustainable beauty. How do partnerships between beauty brands and sustainable agriculture initiatives sort of foster those positive impacts on those local communities that we just spoke about, biodiversity and the environment, while it's also sort of ensuring consistent access to high quality natural ingredients? Mm.
1: Well, I think in terms of biodiversity, I wouldn't say that vertical farming helps in that respect, because we're basically creating plants and growing plants in a, you know, a very controlled environment, basically in a lab, more or less. So What I can say about that is vertical farming is then not using, as I was mentioning earlier, that land that then could be used for, for example, regenerative farming, which is basically what is really helping out with biodiversity. You know, vertical farming enables us to also support local businesses. So we're working with a startup in France, close to where actually our production site, it's a startup called Tower Farm, and we're working with them. We're also working with another vertical farm, a farming company called Jungle, In France as well. So we're creating basically business, obviously, for these local startups. And I think it's super important for them to have, you know, these initial clients in beauty, they were actually working initially more for local supermarkets for like lettuce and (laughs) herbs. And so now we're helping together, we're kind of speaking more about sustainability, we're making it more public. And it's interesting, because even like with supermarkets, when I was initially working with them, I said, oh, you're, you're selling, you know, your lettuce at such and such, you know, somewhere a local supermarket, but they don't actually promote it as being local, as vertical farming. They would say on the packaging, like, oh, it's fresh and it's local. And I'm like, why are you hiding the fact that it's vertically farmed? And I guess because people don't understand it. And so they think there might, you were saying earlier, like if it's like genetically modified or something, which obviously isn't the case. So education is key as well in what we're doing. And I'm glad that through our brand and the partnerships that we've created, We're able to really promote what's good about vertical farming and how technology can actually
0: help move agriculture forward. And I think that's kind of segued us very nicely into my last question, which is all about education. So I think as we're moving towards this more sustainable beauty industry, which I do think the beauty industry is probably further behind than other areas. What role does that kind of consumer education play? And how can technology be leveraged to then bridge that gap between the consumers and the knowledge that they need to make those informed choices about the brands that they support like Ulay and their sustainable practices?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. When I went into this project, I deep dived instantly into the whole sustainable aspect of it from packaging to ingredient sourcing, which we've spoken a lot about together. And I had this vision in my, in my mind that like, the number one reason why everybody was going to buy Ule products was because they were sustainable which is definitely not the case because in the end, you're buying a product because the product is bringing you what you're initially buying it for, which is for beauty products, for example, it's making my skin look better. It's pleasant. It's a beautiful, it's a wonderful experience for me. So when I started out the project, I had this feeling that I put everything forward about the sustainability aspect of the products. And I think I went a little too far because the consumers today, I think, aren't as educated as we think about sustainability, including myself.
0: I mean, <laughs> so it's been a real area of contention for me because I think every conversation that I have with different brands is exactly the same where, oh, well, the consumers know so much more now. Oh, Gen Z know so much more now. I'm like, they don't. They don't know unless you tell them. People are inherently lazy. And what is it? There was a report that came out that said like the average 25-year-old has like a seven second attention span. And... <laughs> I think that we're presuming that people have all of this knowledge. They don't. They hear the words, they hear the buzzwords, and they think that they know what it means, but it could mean a 100 different things to somebody. So, yeah.
1: And like, did you know how ingredient sourcing works? Guess what? I didn't really know that much about it even before I started working on natural ingredients. So, I mean, how do you expect the end consumer to know that much? So education, to answer your question, is key. I think it's also about keeping it simple, focusing on the messages you want. I mean, we have gone very far in terms of all the sustainable things we've been doing around our packaging, the coating that we use for the lacquer, the weight of the glass, biodegradable caps. I mean, and you can't say it all. At one point, you've got to pick and choose your battles, right? So we're focusing right now more on the messaging about actually what our discussion is about, which is more about ingredient sourcing. And how how can technology leverage all that? I think it's A lot of these third-party applications, I really believe, of course, blockchain, but I'm not personally doing blockchain, like I said, but Provenance, for example, the application that we're going to, the company we're going to start working with, I think that's key to have this kind of third-party person, you know, working with the brand, helping the consumers to decipher, kind of pick through everything and understand what, what it really means, because I think greenwashing is what everybody's concerned about today, you know. That are the brands when they say that they're clean, that they're green, that they're this, that they're that. Is it true? So having the technology, having this kind of third party application to help consumers understand more about that. And basically for them to say, hey, guys, we have nothing to do with this brand, but we have proven that what they're saying is correct is super important.
0: So I hope that you've gained some insights into how sustainable agriculture can not only provide us with nutritious food, but amazing skincare too. So thank you to Lindsay for your contribution because I feel like it was really interesting to be able to chat to you, especially as a beauty founder. I do love beauty and I don't talk about it enough. So it was very exciting for me. That's it for another week and we are at the midpoint of the season. So next week we're going to be talking to our friends at Trust Trace who were on the last season of the podcast but a different team member and we're going to be talking about whether technology is actually able to empower climate action. I don't want to give too much away but make sure that you listen to next week to answer that question. So until then make sure that you're subscribed and listen back to previous episodes of Sustainably Influenced on all good podcast platforms you can follow at sustainably influenced on TikTok and Instagram and our newly launched platform. I'm Bianca Foley. Thank you for listening. This season of sustainably influenced was produced by content is queen sound editor, Amber Miller and presented by Bianca Foley.